here's the big question. What if you had to start over from scratch and build a business with limited time and resources? Maybe the economy just pulled the rug out from under you, or you're in a business that's underperforming or a career that's going nowhere. How would you flip the switch to go from where you're at to where you want to go? A profitable business that supports your family and allows you to live the life you were meant to live. My name is Jason Liu, and each week I'm going to bring you guests that are further down the road while documenting my own journey. Welcome to the business of feeling good. So welcome everyone to the business of feeling good. I am joined today by one of the most incredible human beings on the planet, Tracy O'Malley, who I feel like um, with her and one other person are kind of like my big sisters um, that really looked out for me um, during a stint in network marketing. And she was amazing. Opened up her house to me, opened up her family to me. Um, she's an amazing, um, she has amazing two kids. Um, amazing dogs, by the way, too. The coolest dogs <laughs> in the world. Um, but I knew Tracy um, going through a lot of change and transformation. She's overcome a lot of things, both mentally physically, emotionally. She's gone on to build incredible businesses, um, multiple, multiple six-figure, seven-figure businesses. Um, and now, um, since we haven't talked in, I don't know how long, like three years, um, there's a Tracy 4.0 now that I don't know about. Um, <laughs> so we were connecting with one of your friends and uh, I was like, I know, I know Tracy O'Malley. She's like, you know, like, what number are you? Like, I was like, I, what? Like, what number are you? I was like, I, I don't know what number I am. She's like, no, Enneagram, like, what number are you? I was like, I have no clue. Like, I swear I know Tracy. And she's like, okay, you need to talk to her and find out what this is all about. So tell me about kind of what's been happening with you and what's this new Tracy 4.0 that we're hearing about? Oh my gosh, I love that. And <laughs> like, that's the thing, you know, I'm pushing 50. So the fact that I'm on either 4, 5, or 6.0 at this point is actually a really good thing. And on the outside, most people might like think that that's kind of flaky or I'm not focused. However, like if you're not growing, Tony says it all the time, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? And I think that this evolution process is so fascinating because most of my, 40, my early 40 years, I was resistant to change and I was resistant to change, at least if it wasn't on my terms, right? <clears throat> and what I've learned the last decade is that change is necessary. It's not always convenient, easy, fun, cheap, <laughs> whatever that is. And, you know, at the beginning of this evolution of the Tracy that you got to meet close to seven, six years ago, you know, there was some work at the front end of that that I needed to do. And, you know, when I kind of burned every boat, took myself to ground zero, um, really rock bottom, um, I was in therapy, in rehab <clears throat> with my therapist, and she made me take this test. And it was like day two or something. And she's like, hey, my dear, and she's from Texas, my dear, why don't you take this test right here? And I was like, no, I don't want to be a, a label. I don't want to be put in a box. I'm quite stubborn. And, she, and I was like, I just put all my labels on the table for you to fix right now. Right. You know, I've got problem with alcohol, got, you know, eating stuff, codependency, control freak stuff. Like all the labels are on the table. You want me to put another one in this? Like, hell no. And she said, my dear, quite honestly, the world has put you in a box and you've put yourself in a box. How about we try something different to get you out of it? 
And she says, and quite honestly, honey, your best thinking has gotten you here. So let's, let's just kind of try something different. I was like, okay, touche, you know, touche. I am in rehab. So like clearly my best thinking hasn't been doing so well. And so she had me take this Enneagram test and I really knew nothing about it at the time. This was gosh, almost eight years ago now. And I started taking the test and I was just really honest, like completely honest with myself. And, you know, we get the results. And of course she's like, I'm not surprised. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Is that good? Did I win? You know, I'm like, did I win? What did I get? What did I get? And of course the personality type that I got said to me was the challenger. I'm like, oh, big shocker, which is a number eight on the Enneagram. And I was like, okay, but I don't understand what this means. And, you know, through my own exploration process, clearly, you know, my life was in shambles at that point. You know, I had a 14 and 15 year old at the time. I was the sole provider emotionally, physically, financially, and spiritually. And I wasn't doing the best job in some of those departments. And I knew I wanted something different for my kids than what I had. You know, I grew up in turbulent home, uncertainty couldn't trust anyone kind of thing. And I started to see my kids' behaviors play out a little bit. Mm. And I knew if I didn't repair this, I would repeat this. And I didn't want that for them. So when I was reading about the challenger, you know, when we look in the mirror, we don't always look at the positive traits, right? Of course. I mean, it's human nature. We always look at the things we want to improve or the things that, you know, are like the thorn in our side. And when I saw the results of my Enneagram test, I did the same thing. I went to all the negative parts of the challenger, which is like domineering, aggressive, intimidating, basically an asshole. And I was like, check, 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 check. And, you know, something downloaded in me that said like, but where there is dark, there must be light. Hmm. Like, thank God I had this epiphany because I'm my own worst critic. And I could have taken that information and really flown off the cliff with it. Yeah. But I, I knew that with this darkness, you know, you got to look at the shitty and the shiny always. There's always shitty and shiny to anything. Right. And by shitty, I don't mean bad. It's just like the darker parts, right? Defense mechanisms, coping mechanisms, survival mechanisms. Right. And so something about that download immediately within minutes brought me to the light side of the challenger. And I saw things like world changer, justice seeker, world-class leader, um, change maker. And I was like, yes, I know that's in me. It's been in me all along. I just don't know how to access it. So this Enneagram provided me a roadmap back to my, my soul and the, and the person I was always designed to be before life came and got a hold of me and quite honestly kicked the shit out of me a little bit. And so what, what this did for me, you know, with 40 years under my belt and a lot of shit to unpack, to try and overhaul my life, you can imagine that can become pretty overwhelming. And I know there's many of you listening right now that know you got to do the air quotes work, but nobody's telling you what the hell the work is, right? The Enneagram really allowed me to not feel so overwhelmed by the work. You know, things made very, made so much sense in my own soul roadmap. And it allowed me to have a lot more love and compassion for myself. Hmm. So when you're unpacking stuff, you know, you, you go through all the coulda, shoulda, wouldas, you know, you bring out the whipping stick on yourself sometimes when we're trying to change because we see patterns and like, I know why I'm doing this, but why do I keep freaking doing this? The Enneagram really allowed me to take an honest look at myself without an emotional charge. 
Mm. And it made me navigating the deeper work I was going to have to do a lot easier. Mm. And, you know, when I looked at it though, I was like, well, wait a second. I see the positive. I see the the challenging parts of my personality. And in looking at this, I realized neither one of my children fit this personality. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. Why the way that I communicate doesn't land the way that I want it to on their hearts. Makes sense that my intensity level is about a hundred times more than most people naturally, and that it isn't always well received. And so it was in that moment also that I became so committed to learning this that because I wanted to speak the language that my children spoke. Mm. And so I, once I really started to master my own self-awareness, I then began to investigate which personality type out of the nine, there's nine of them, basic, there's nine basics. And I determined what my children were. And I was like, well, this explains why this hasn't worked and this hasn't worked and this hasn't worked. And when I got home from rehab, I just started communicating in their language a little bit different. And, and, you know, they were frustrated with me. Clearly I'd, I had a lot of broken promises under my belt. And so they were a little like bracing for impact when I got home, but even just shifting my communication to speaking to their type and their language changed everything in our home. Even when there was so much uncertainty and chaos still, you know, there's a lot of wreckage left just because I went to rehab doesn't mean I was like good to go. There was a lot of cleanup to do. Um, but it really, I, I became so committed to learning it. And when I was using it and integrating it in my home and I saw the changes immediately, I was like, holy crap, like I'm going to master this thing. Mm. And then ironically, six months later, when I was an unemployed single mom and network marketing was brought into my life with no social network, I had no social network. I was that single mom that went to rehab, you know, hey, join my team. Um, that really on paper, I wasn't likely to make this happen, but knowing the Enneagram, I knew I could leverage every human being by speaking their language. Mm. And that was the secret sauce all along that I never really talked about. And that's, that's the Enneagram in a nutshell of what it can do for you. I mean, there's so many complexities to it and ins and outs, and it's very trendy right now. And the reason I'm so passionate about talking it, teaching it, integrating it with people today is because it's not being used properly. You know, it's, it's being used as this cutesy, fun little test and, and sometimes even a weapon and sometimes even a wall and it's not meant to, to be used that way. So tell me what brought you back to it? Because I met you in the middle of this journey, right? Yeah. I met you at the height of your network marketing prowess, mm-hmm. um, on stage. I saw the picture of us, by the way, like, right, right. Oh, I see. <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> um, but I bet you in that stage, in that phase, and you had overcome some incredible things and behind the scenes, I'm guessing we didn't know that you were going through even more. Mm-hmm. Um, what brought you back to wanting to coach or wanting to be a part of Enneagram now in terms of that transition? Because I met you right in the middle. It sounds like there's two great bookends happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because when, when we met in person, you know, I was at the height of my game. Yeah, I was, I, and my ego really liked it. But <laughs> I will say, people. I mean, it it was loving it. It was loving the all of it. Like, yes, I finally found my sweet spot. However, the day that I decided that I was going to do network marketing, it was almost seven years ago to the day. I cried. 
because I, I didn't want to do this my whole life, but I knew that I needed to right now. And I knew I could help a lot of people with it. And I knew it would refine some skills. And I saw so clearly that I had about three solid years of like balls to the wall in me. Mm. And I was very, very divinely led and said, and then there's more mm. because you're going to help a lot of people with this. And there's a deeper, deeper level in which you're supposed to help people. And I always knew that from the age of nine years old, I knew that the pain I had experienced and would experience would be something that would help people. I didn't know how, obviously it took 30 something years to figure that out. But even when I started network marketing on paper, not looking like I could do it, I knew I was going to do what I did. I knew I was going to do it and I knew I was going to do it in three years and I actually did it in two. Wow. Um, but when, when you met me, I remember so clearly, I was really, really sick when we spoke on stage together and it took everything in me to get up there and function. Mm -hmm. I mean, my whole nervous system was shutting down. Everything was shutting down. But here's the thing, like when we're at the top of our game, do we ever want to like leave? Like, no, it's like, we want to ride this mother effer out, right? We don't, Absolutely. We want to ride it till the wheels fly off. And, but there was this inner calling that was saying, but there's more that there's more, but I was like, mm -hmm, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this right now. I'm going to enjoy the money. I'm going to enjoy that people care about me. I'm going to enjoy that. I actually can help people. Yeah. And my body said, uh, hold my beer basically, because we're about to take you on this course. So obviously after that event, shortly after a few months after I didn't have a choice, but to end up in a season of silence. And in, in that season of silence, I was like, okay, how do I help people? Like when people wanted to know my secret, I always said that it was the, the inner work. It was recovery. It was radical honesty, radical responsibility. It was, you know, resilience and relentlessness and consistency and all those things. They're like, but how can I do that? And when I was sitting in a chair hooked up to IVs for four months with nothing to do, but like look out a window, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And so when I was coming back, obviously I still do network marketing, but I knew I couldn't go back and do things the way that I always had. I was, I was changed, you know, life happens and we're experiencing that in real time right now. Yep. Life can change on a freaking dime. And mine did three years ago. And it's like, how do I want to help people today? I'll still do that, obviously, but there's deeper stuff that I'm quite capable of. And so I was like, okay, so I'm going to come in with all this deep inner work. And what I recognized was that people were like, that's too much. Like, I want the secret, but I don't want to do that. And I was like, well, shit. Like, like I know that I can, I can move people so quickly. I, I can. It's, it's, a, it's one of my gifts. But I never even thought about using the Enneagram to do that mm. in the beginning. It was always part of what I did, yeah. but it wasn't on the front line of what I did. And it, it took me, Jason, I have been floundering in how I am supposed to deliver this message for the last two and a half years. And I've tried different things. And it's not that like, it's the same kind of help that I give, but right. I realize that sometimes people need to hear what they want to hear at first to be open. Talk to and me about that. So, you know, we hear it all the time and I'm no marketing or sales genius by any means. The reason I'm good is just because I'm, I'm very good communicator. I'm an expert communicator. 
and I'm very good at relationships. I really, really am. That is my, my zone of genius. And even when I was an asshole back in the day, like I could still turn that on and know how to communicate. But, you know, I think I was watching all these, you know, coach on every corner, you know, making $5.2 million in 60 seconds. I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? And I, and I'm not judging them for that. I know it's probably bullshit and I know what happens behind the scenes. Cause a lot of them are working with me now, Yeah. but I was like, what the hell? And I started to look at the way that they marketed and it was like, they're telling people what they want to hear and yeah. they don't always deliver on the goods. I saw, cause I, I got a lot of those people that would spend lots of money on the shiny objects and the being told what they want to hear. And when I thought back at my own life, the only time I was really willing to change is when I was buying into whatever I needed to do, mm. even, even rehab. It had to be my idea. It had to be like something I could like wrap my head around. And when it was too much, I was like, no, I'm just going to do it my way. Thanks anyway. And so all of a sudden I had this aha moment. It's like, okay, well, how can I communicate what I can do for them in a, a language ironically, the expert communicator can't figure out how to fucking communicate how she can help people. Isn't that funny? We're all on that boat. I swear to God. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> but I hope I can cuss. So you know what you're again with me. Yeah. So. But I was like, okay, how can I communicate? And then all of a sudden I was like, dummy, kiss. Keep it simple, sweetheart. Keep it simple. Go back to your beginning. What was your beginning? And it was day two in freaking rehab when my teacher gave me that Enneagram test. And all of a sudden, all that overwhelming work that I needed to do became easy. She said, I'm going to help you get out of the box. That's when I bought in. That's when I bought in. So about eight months ago, I started talking about the Enneagram. And here's the thing. The people out there talking about the Enneagram, they're teachers. They are pastors. They're therapists, which not knocking it but none of them are freaking integrators. Hmm. None of them. And none of them have built million dollar businesses using it. Hmm. As far as I know, I'm the only one out there that has done it. And so I was like, okay, like people want to know why they go off the grid in business. People are willing to pay money when they know it's going to affect their bottom line. It's sad, but it's true. Yep. They won't pay. <laughs> they won't pay that kind of like scratch to save their family, but they will, if it's going to change their financial outcome. And that's just the hard facts and it pisses me off and whatever the work I do, even if it's for business, it, it trickles down so huge into the family that I'm okay doing this. You know what I'm saying? I had to feel like integrous doing this. I had to feel like I was serving not just somebody's bottom line, but the legacy they would leave emotionally. Like that was important to me because I'm all about breaking generational patterns. I did it. The shit stopped with me. I want that for people, but people don't want to pay for that. Right. And that's just the fact. So, you know, using this in business, I'm telling people what they want to hear. Like you want to leverage every human being you come in contact with. Let me help you integrate this into your business. Let me help you integrate this into your teams and your communities and your organizations and your companies because the ripple effect, you want to work smarter, not harder. You want it to increase profits productivity, passion, purpose, then let's work together. And when they see that happening in the workplace, it naturally goes into their homes, which is what, you know, obviously that's where it all began for me. So yeah, that's, that's kind of like how I ended up talking about the Enneagram. I'm like, you're so crazy. (laughs) 
Like go back to the beginning. It's, it's like, you know, my dad used to tell me if it doesn't work, unplug it, check the power, unplug it and replug it back in. And that's basically what I did. Like amazing. check the power. It was the Enneagram at the front end of all of this to begin with. So for newbies like myself and other people mm-hmm. that want to kind of say, hey, where am I at on this scale of one to nine here? What's the resource that we can go to or what's the kind of beginning steps of all this if there is such a thing? Or is it one of those where it's just like, don't try to self-diagnose, um, go seek an expert? Or what's the, because I understand, I think the incredible thing about what you just talked about was, I think so often myself included and a lot of the clients that I work with find themselves in these dips and they're spiraling Mm -hmm. and they know they need help or we know we need help, but there are times where we just don't know quite how to dig yourself back up out of the hole because the mountain seems so big and there's so many variables on the mountain. And I think so often I found that I've stayed at the bottom longer than I should because I didn't know where step one was or step two was. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love the fact that you talked about roadmap. Um, I love the fact that you talked about kind of, you don't have to kind of navigate all of it at once, but it's a one, two, three type of a system. It really is. And I want you guys to know that it isn't just taking a test and you got this unlock. It's not that simple. And quite honestly, it is very hard to self type. I mean, it is, it is an exploration process. Um, when I was starting it, mine was pretty accurate because I, I, I mean, I was stripped down naked at that point, you know, pretty much. So there was such radical honesty in when I was taking this, you know, where this kind of turns sideways is, is a lot of times on these tests or quizzes, we answer on how we wish we were or we answer based on circumstances today, or, you know, we're answering in a defense mechanism because we've experienced trauma, you know, so there's a lot of variables and it doesn't mean the tests suck and it doesn't mean you suck. Right. So my, my thing is, is like, if you're okay for a longer journey, by all means start exploring, but it's going to take complete radical honesty with yourself um, to really get it right. And sometimes like the wrong information is almost worse. I, I know you'll agree with this. Sometimes the wrong information is almost worse than no information. Mm. Right. Completely. So if you self type yourself and it's the wrong number, let's say, and you're looking at the core fears, the core desires, the core motives, where they go under stress, where they go under growth. And if you have the wrong type and you see where you go under stress as an alert, but that's your wrong type, you, you actually might be sabotaging yourself without even knowing it. Because if you actually were properly typed, where you go under stress actually might be where you are under growth. But if you have the wrong information, you're like, ah, no. So I had this girl that <clears throat> she had taken a test and you know she had said she was the same type as me. And I was coaching her one-on-one. I was like, no, the behaviors are very similar. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, people are diagnosing or, or typing themselves based on behaviors and it's really about the core motives, right? Mm -hmm. It's with anything, you know, if you're, you're changing up your workout plan or you're doing a morning routine, like if you don't know why you're doing that, it's not going to be sustainable and it's not going to last. Same thing with diets. None of them ever do. 
same thing with this. So she was looking at all the behaviors and she's like, this is, I'm an eight, I'm an eight. And I'm like, no, you're not, no, you're not, no, you're not. And so when she was like recognizing where she would go in growth, she's like, this is really good. And, you know, it took her a few months and, you know, with my guidance, I was like, this is actually, you're actually a five. And when you're growing, you mimic the eight, which is really, really great. But you've been sabotaging this thing the whole time. And once she like, like was willing to, she didn't want to be a five. I'm like, well, why? They're all beautiful. Like you got to look at the shiny and the shitty, right? Um, But once she kind of like understood and embraced that that's what she was, right? And that's the problem with a lot of these tests is like you pick the number that like seems the best that you want to be. But that's not going to help you in the long run. Like me trying to be like Susie on Instagram or a friend, Jess, that we were just talking about, like she's a three. I could not be like her if I tried because she's so differently motivated than I am. Our behaviors are very similar in a lot of ways, but at the root of who we are, the motive is completely different. And that's where, like when you're kind of exploring this on yourself or taking a test. So I usually recommend the Enneagram Institute has a great test and it's still not accurate about 70% of the time. (laughs) But this is what I will tell you. If you take that test, take the top four numbers and really look at the core motives for all of them. Because usually that top number, the highest score is very rarely what your actual type is. Hmm. I see that usually if, if it's somebody who's really strong and healthy in their emotional state, it might be where they go in growth. Or if they're maybe in trauma, it might be where they go under stress. Or it might be one of their wings, which is a whole nother story, a different expression of the personality. So I, I tell people if they're going to do this on their own, take the top four, but you got to be radically honest with yourself. Hmm. Look at the motives. And like for me, I can look like two other types for sure. My behaviors are very similar to like our friend Jess and a few other people, but at the root of it, mm-mm, couldn't be more different. Got it. Got it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And knowing that and knowing that. So when I start to recognize some of like the darkness of me, yeah, because I know what my core motive is, which is I don't want to be backed into a corner or be vulnerable or betrayed. Like that's my motive for everything. So when you see me succeed the way I did, it wasn't for the same reason somebody like Jess would. Jess, Jess is all about achieving. Jess is all about winning and kicking ass. And that's amazing. Network marketers, we see a lot of those Mm -hmm. because and recognition driven and they need the attaboys and attagirls. I have never been recognition driven, but on paper, we look very similar. Hmm. But the reason I was so driven for success is because, you know, before I started network marketing, I got backed into a corner and I couldn't be where I needed to be when somebody was dying and I never was going to be put in that position again. So the reason for my success, the motive behind it couldn't be more different. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. And I, hate, and I hated the recognition actually, which is ironic because then I end up on stage with you in front of 15,000 people, which is hilarious. It was a blast. It was a blast. Does that make sense? It does. No, it does. Absolutely does. Um, I love what you touched on though. I love the fact that um, it, when you really do the work, it's, it's hard to admit kind of looking in the mirror what your actual challenges, faults, fears um, really are. And I can see how that can get in the way of a test that's not two-sided. 
that you're just talking to a test and not a person that can read your BS. Um, but here's the thing with that. Like it is hard to look in the mirror, but if we take it back to our roots, you know, to experience the fruit, you got to nurture the roots. Right. Mm. And I know that a lot of people don't want to go back to the past. And I agree, like we're not going that way, but you have to kind of be able to connect the dots to understand how this all kind of came to fruition. It's really, really important. Doesn't mean we linger there for a long time and swim in the shit of it. Like we're not doing that. But when I understand, when I was able to understand why Tracy didn't never wanted to be backed into a corner, why the thought of being betrayed, it's, it's much easier much easier to put up a wall, which is, you know, when you were out here in Arizona, that was the whole talk that I gave was about the wall. And, you know, I had hidden behind walls my entire life, my entire life. And when I saw that as a little girl that just was trying to survive, it wasn't as hard to look at it. Hmm. And I had so much love and compassion for myself, which I've struggled with my entire life. And I'm telling you right now, when you can have love and compassion for yourself, like unconditionally, because all the stuff that we're playing out, these habits and patterns that frustrate the shit out of you yeah, are really just a little kid inside of you that is trying to survive in some way. And when I could look at it through those eyes and that perspective, like I wanted to look at all of it because that little girl had been in the, in the shadows long enough and it was time to bring her to the surface and say, little girl, I got some new tools for you. We don't have to do it that way anymore. We were strong and resilient and brave but let's do something that actually serves the greatest good and makes all of that not for nothing. And I think that the Enneagram really helped me do that. And it like, thank God. Cause I don't know, like I literally felt back then, like I was under so much rubble, like ground zero. Yeah. Like there was no way I was getting out of that. No way. And this made it a lot easier to really navigate that. So let's, Let's shift really quick and kind of switch gears here because we're in different times right now. Like in the middle yeah. of recording this, we're in the middle of COVID-19 um, up here in the Bay. We're essentially in um, essential businesses only pretty much in quarantine or lockdown in our houses. Um, and a lot of people are freaking out right now. There's a lot of people that are mm-hmm. feeling the weight, feeling mm-hmm. the, the slabs of concrete on their back right now because finances are cutting short rents do, mortgages do, and there's so much uncertainty right now. So from your experience, um, and this is a, this is, I'm not asking for overarching solving everything type of things, but do you have, and when you work with clients, or maybe it's just case by case here, but when people are in overwhelm, is there a go-to place that you're like, Hey, this is where you need to start, or this is what you need to do for yourself? Or do you have just tips in general in terms of how do you get yourself out of those mental spirals because it's so easy right now to pick up your phone and just go to the fear hole um, Mm -hmm. and just start scrolling and scrolling and scrolling until you're in a place where it's all doom and gloom. Um, And I was talking to someone yesterday talking about a lot about the choices that we make in terms of how we choose to see situations. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if you have any thoughts in terms of how you work on that or how you would recommend someone works on that. Oh my gosh, I certainly do. You know, because life's going to continue to happen. And, you know, as we evolve, I I tell anybody that I talk to, like, just kind of buy into the fact that there's going to be layer upon layer upon layer of this process for yourself and just sign up for it and just be willing to say, okay, like, cause you're going to, it never fails. Like something will happen. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, wow, 
I can't believe there's another layer to this shit. It's crazy. <clears throat> you know, and, and certain situations obviously will bring that to the surface. And what we're experiencing now, you know, I've got a really huge calmness in my heart, actually. Um, is it worrisome? Is it like, wow, like, yeah, like it's weird, but more so like watching how everybody's navigating it and with zero judgment, like I'm not judging the hoarders. I'm not judging the ones that are like, eh, it's just crazy. This is crazy. Let's go to the beach. Like, I don't, like I judge no one for it because had this happened 10 years ago, the Tracy that handles it looks really, really different. Right. You know, when I think about nine 11, when that happened, um, my financial security got rocked and, you know, I was 29 at the time and how I navigated that was ignorance on fire. It's like, well, I, my heart is broken for the world and what's happened. How can I set us up? And it was that, that was then, um, my, my husband at the time got laid off and I was like, I went into Tracy just got backed into a corner. How is she going to get out of this? And because I was young and and didn't have a lot of experience. I was like, well, my money's on me. So I took equity out of my house and bought my first business. And that's how I navigated it. And, and we did great until 2008 happened. And I, life had kicked the shit out of me a little bit. I had gone through a divorce during that time. And how Tracy navigated that didn't look so good. It was no longer ignorance on fire. It was like how all these things that had beaten the crap out of me over the 10 years, even though financially I'd been doing great. And then all of a sudden it wasn't overnight. Um, and how I navigated that stress was very much the unhealthy challenger. Right. Mm. And I wish I had known that information then, but you know, I didn't. And so, you know, how I'm handling this now, whenever I do feel stress or worry, worried or, or uncertain, you know, what I ask myself and what I'd say to you is, what am I really afraid of? Hmm. What am I really afraid of? Because it's not about the money. It's not even about our health. For me, it's like, what feels so vulnerable about this right now? I, like for me, being told what to do, like being told I can't leave my house is backing me in a corner and I don't like it. And that feels like when little Tracy was like, told what to do all the time, even though she was trying to do something good. And so it's, it, again, I go back to the roots. Okay. We're good. We're safe. We're supported. It's going to be okay. So if, if right now, like you're feeling that, ask yourself, what are you really afraid of? And then keep going six layers deep. You know, it, there's usually six or seven kind of, okay, I'm afraid because I'm not going to be able to put foot on the table. Okay. Why did, why are you afraid of that? Because la 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 la, you know, and it could go back six times. Like if I don't provide, if I don't give to my family, if I don't give to people, then I'm not worthy. Or, I'm not lovable, which would end up being my son. Like that's my son's personality type. Right. And when you get to the root of that, it's like, okay, you go back to that innocence. I mean, you've got a seven-year-old and think about the innocence of that. Like try to get back there. Mm. Like try to get back there. Even like we can't change what's happening in the world right now. Absolutely. We can, we can choose what we put in our ears and in our eyes and in our hearts. We can't choose how we navigate this. Is freaking the fuck out going to change any of it? No. No. It's only going to affect our children who then will take those coping mechanisms when this all blows over into relationships and business and things like that. 
And, you know, I was looking at both my kids when this happened, you know, and again, they're two totally different. One's an escapist, one's an empath in my house. I'm like, oh my God. And they're looking, and they're looking to me, even though they're 22 and 23, they're looking to me like, how do we navigate this? Right. What's the energy we bring to this? And they both have different thoughts on it, but my calmness allows them to make their own kind of decisions based from a calmer, innocent place rather than hype and, and fear and worry. And, you know, we still don't know what's going to happen with all of this. Mm-hmm. But what can I do today to not only keep myself calm, my family calm, my health calm? The real issue is going to be the fallout on people's health from all of this, the the impact of the stress of this. And so the way to keep yourself grounded is what am I really afraid of? What am I really afraid of? And keep going deeper and deeper and deeper until you get to like, oh, okay, okay. And when you get there, you'll know it because you'll all of a sudden will have, you'll feel like your little child that lives inside of you is with you and you've just pulled them up on your lap and it feels really beautiful because there's understanding. And when you understand, you can make decisions from a true um, instinctual place rather than a brain space. Like when we make decisions on our brain, we're, we're in big trouble. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I really love Mm -hmm. that. Um, Where's, where's kind of the future headed for Tracy? Um, I know that you have brand new podcast. I do. Um, you want to tell us about that? And it's amazing. Yeah. You know, I, um, I am going into businesses. Um, you know, my goal by my 50th birthday is to be off social media for anything other than my fun dogs that you talked about, or just because I want to, yeah. you know, I've been, working and selling online for almost a decade and I love it. And I'm almost 50 and I, I really, I'm really passionate about going into businesses, teams, organizations, and really helping them communicate with each other and understand each other. Cause when people are seen, heard and understood movements are created. Mm. And so many companies have such a great mission and mission statement and, you know, they're, core beliefs, but they're not talking to each other the right way. They don't have the right people in the right places and people aren't seen, heard and understood. And so it can't get off the ground and do the, the beautiful things in the world they want it to. And so going into businesses, organizations, teams, and really laying the foundation, like this is the foundation you're working with. This is this person's gifts. This is when, like, when you see this, it's not a disrespectful thing. It's actually they're under stress and this is how you can support them and bring out the best in them and empower them. And when people are seen, heard and understood, they will walk through walls for you. Mm. They'll walk through walls for the mission and for the greatest good. And so, you know, bringing this into business, I think will also help save families. And I think that that is really, really important and and I love doing it. Like I'm obsessed with transformation. Yes, I can stand on stages and do the deal because I, I can do that well. You and I both know we, we can do that well. And it's good. It opens the door. But I like being in the trenches with people and teams and organizations and, and watching the ripple effect of that lights my ass up like nobody's business. I'd much rather do that all day long um, than speak and be have all the, the cheers. I, I'd much rather watch what a team can do and watch like that impact on the world. Think about Oprah Winfrey, or, you know, for an example, like as an example, like she's yeah. one person, one person, 
and look at the ripple effect of one person. Like that's what I'm obsessed with. I, I never minimize the power of one ever. And, you know, bringing it back to the beginning with how I started network marketing, I didn't have a network. I'd wiped them out quite honestly. And I took each individual that was in front of me and I looked at them and spoke their language and I looked them in the eyes as though they were the next Oprah, so to speak. And that ripple effect, like that person has the, the capability to have that kind of ripple effect on the world. And what if, what if I could speak that into them? What if I could pull out those gifts that they have been like shutting down their entire life and shamed themselves for? What if that one person made all the difference in the world? And that's where I'm at. That's where I'm going. And if it starts with a CEO or an HR person, so be it. Because there, there is nothing we can't do when we're seen, heard, and understood. Nothing. It's amazing, Tracy. It's, it's incredible to see and meet you at different points along the journey. And I know I haven't been anywhere near all the journey, but it's great to see where you're at at this point in terms of your direction, your fire, who you want to impact. Um, because you've always had the gifts, but it's incredible to hear you in alignment um, with where you're going and what you want to do. And I think you're going to help a ton of people. I mean, you're an incredible person. You've helped me tremendously. You've mm. always been there to look out for me. And um, both my family and I are so grateful to you. And thank you for sharing your heart, your wisdom, um, and just talking about kind of the struggles and the vulnerabilities too, because we all go through it. Um, and to hear that we are all human in that, in that regard, um, that we're all in this journey um, and more similar than different, I think, um, mm -hmm. is an inspiration. And it gives us permission. Absolutely. When, when we can say and, and look at everybody else, like we're all human and really understand that, like there's nobody that you can't talk to. And you're one conversation away of maybe changing your business and your one conversation away of meeting the person that will take you by the hand and say, come with me, let's do this together. Like you're like how we hold ourselves back is such a shame. And I did it for so, so long and I needed to learn the hard lessons to be able to not only like do it, like walk it, but talk it. And, um, I'm so honored to be here with you to call you friend. I adore you like beyond measure, this audience is so damn blessed to have you like beyond measure. Thanks. And I am too. I am too. Thanks, Tracy. If people want to catch up with you, if they want to come find you, what's the best way to uh, kind of seek you out? Well, for now, I'm still on Instagram at Tracy <laughs> underscore O'Malley. And I'm there, now. I am, I'm there a lot right now. Um, I have a website, tracyomalley.com or, you know, just go check out my uh, podcast, Becoming Bulletproof. Every Tuesday I do Enneagram talk and the other day of the week I do an interview, which I need to have you on for sure. Um, and I don't know how, that, how long that format's gonna go because people wanna hear more about integrating the Enneagram into all aspects of their life. And um, so who knows? For today, that's where it's at. Awesome. Thank you, Tracy, for your time. I got so much out of today um, and I know what I did as well. So thank you very much. It's my pleasure. If you want to come find Tracy, uh, we'll drop the links in the show notes for you guys to go check it out. Please come find her. She's an incredible, incredible person. I hope you guys dive into her content. Come find her on the socials and we will see you guys next time. Cheers. Yeah.
Thanks again. I hope you guys grabbed some great value out of today's conversation. If you want to further the conversation, I'd love to meet you personally. We've got a free Facebook community that you can dive into, free content, more resources, and I do lives every single week where I get a chance to interact with you and help coach you on exactly what you need. If you want to find it, you can find us at The Business of Feeling Good or you can search the hashtag B-O-F-G. Again, that's hashtag B-O-F-G. If you like this episode, please share it. I'd love to hear from you. Your comments, your reviews truly mean so much to me. It's the lifeblood of what keeps me going and it's how I craft the content that's better gonna impact you. I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Until then, cheers. Cheers.